0: You're listening to The Christian Working Woman with Mary Lohman, and I'm Julie Bastide. When Mary began this broadcast on one station in Chicago in 1984, she never dreamed God had plans to expand it as he has. There, you're right, Julie. When I
1: began this program, it was a destiny decision I made, one that set a new course for my life, and I'm so grateful that God gave me this opportunity. But you know, at the time that I was faced with the possibility of beginning this ministry, I could have chosen to take an easier path, a safer one. I could have talked myself out of it pretty easily by just remembering how unqualified I was and still am. Mm -hmm. And if I had, I would have missed these many years of blessing So that's why I've chosen to talk about destiny decisions to help others avoid missing God's best.
0: (laughs) Well, you began this message last week as you talked about Elimelech at the husband of Naomi, who made a decision to take his family from Bethlehem, God's promised land, and go to a forbidden land, Moab, because he was afraid of the famine in Bethlehem. That's true. And, you know, fear is one of the main reasons we can
1: make very wrong destiny decisions. So I just want to continue that thought today as we learn from Elimelech's mistakes.
0: Mm, Well, we're ready to hear the end of the story.
1: You'll notice that the consequences of Elimelech's poor decision spilled over to his wife and his sons, who suffered greatly because they were in Moab instead of in Bethlehem, the promised land. When we decide to go out on our own and, as we say, do our own thing, the consequences will spill over to others. Could it be that you may be living with consequences of decisions made by others that spilled over to your life and caused you harm? Well, what can you do to make sure that the destiny decisions you make in the future are good ones, part of God's plan for your life? Here are some suggestions. Make good daily decisions. Don't overlook the importance of what we might call small choices, minor decisions. Those choices we consider small add up, and they impact our lives more than we would think. For example, we choose each day whether we will spend quality time in God's Word and in prayer and in spiritual disciplines, like memorizing Scripture. If you make the wrong choice to skip that time one day, it might not have any serious short-term consequences, But if you keep making that small wrong choice day after day, it will soon add up to a choice with significant negative consequences in your life. Your everyday life is made up of little choices. Do I buy those shoes even though they're not in my budget? Do I skip church today because I'm I'm really tired? Do I take time to call a friend who's hurting? Do I share my faith with a coworker when I have an opportunity? Do I eat that chocolate cheesecake, which I don't need? Now, one day of poor choices might not take you down the wrong road, but repeated days of poor everyday choices will affect your health, your finances, your spiritual growth, you name it. Making good decisions at these daily crossroads of life requires discipline, In Proverbs 5, we see the lament of a person who refused discipline. We read, at the end of your life, you will groan when your flesh and body are spent. You will say, how I hated discipline, how my heart spurned correction. Your everyday decisions that may look small one at a time can add up to be quite momentous and then choose carefully the people who influence your life. Proverbs 13.20 says, He who walks with the wise grows wise, but a companion of fools suffers harm. You may choose to allow a relationship to begin in your life which you know will not be good for you, but you think it's no big deal and you can handle it. However, that small choice opens the door for that relationship to develop And it could eventually drag you down and cause you lots of heartache. And then take time to stand at the crossroads and look. When you're facing a destiny decision, remember this passage from Jeremiah 6. This is what the Lord says. Stand at the crossroads and look. Ask for the ancient paths. Ask where the good way is and walk in it. And you will find rest for your souls. Every time you're faced with a choice, if you could see the end from the beginning, you would make much better choices, right? Often the reason we miss the right way is because we don't stand at the crossroads and look. Instead, we go with our emotions and our feelings, with our gut, with our momentary desires. How many Christians have stood at that marriage crossroads and made a choice to marry a person who was not God's choice? They didn't ask what this marriage would be like down the road. I was talking recently with a young woman who married a Muslim man, even though she's a Christian. He's a good man, but she knew it was not the right choice. I asked her why she made that choice, and she said, I was blinded by being in love. She didn't stand at that crossroad and look for the ancient path, the good way. So you have to stand at the crossroads and look and ask God for an eternal perspective. What will this look like in eternity? What will this look like in two years? What will this look like in old age? Questions like that that will prevent you from making some of those poor choices that you would later regret. Jeremiah says we are to ask for the ancient paths. Ancient paths? You mean do it the old-fashioned way? You mean do what my mother says I should do? You mean make choices that aren't cool? In our modern world, ancient paths are not highly respected or desired. Outdated and narrow would be the words many would use to describe these ancient paths. Why would you want to choose ancient paths? Because the ancient paths are God's paths. He is the eternal God, the ancient of days, he is called, and his paths are from ancient. They don't change because they don't need to change. They are true and good for all time. They are the paths that have proven to be the good paths. So ask for the ancient paths. I mean, literally pray, God, show me the ancient path as I face this crossroad. Show me your way. Proverbs 6 says, My son, keep your father's command and do not forsake your mother's teaching. Bind them always on your heart. Fasten them around your neck. When you walk, they will guide you. When you sleep, they will watch over you. When you awake, they will speak to you. And in Isaiah 30, we read, Whether you turn to the right or to the left, your ears will hear a voice behind you saying, This is the way. Walk in it. Sometimes you need to ask for directions from godly counselors. Proverbs 15.22 says, Plans fail for lack of counsel, but with many advisors, they succeed. So don't be too proud to ask for guidance from godly people who might have a better perspective than yours. Jeremiah's exhortation to us is to seek the ancient path and the good way, and then walk in it. Just do it. Obey. I'm often saddened when I talk with people who are at some crossroad in their lives and they seem to want to know what the good way is, but then I discovered that they only want to know the good way if it's easy or if it suits them or if it's the way they want to go. Well, getting back to our story of Elimelech, after he and his two sons died there in Moab, Naomi and her daughter-in-law Ruth returned to the ancient paths, back to the promised land. Ruth made a destiny decision. She chose a new time and a new place for herself, but her choice was not one of desperation or frustration. She chose to go with Naomi out of obedience to what she knew to be the right thing for a daughter-in-law to do. She stood at the crossroads and chose the ancient path as difficult as it must have looked. Many would have said it was a foolish choice. In fact, Naomi urged her to go back to her family where life would be good and she could find a husband. But she determined to follow the God of Naomi and to remain true to her mother-in-law. She could never have dreamed in her wildest imagination what would result from her choice. She had to go and live in a foreign land. She had to glean the fields for food this was not the life Ruth had planned for herself as a young girl, but God took her to a new place and gave her a new identity. Even though Elimelech made a poor decision to take his family to Moab, God used even that poor choice to bring good to Ruth and to her son Obed, the father of Jesse, who was the father of King David. She became the great-grandmother of King David. So the lessons we learn from this are to truly seek God's guidance for all our decisions and most importantly, for destiny decisions. But even if you are now living with the consequences of some poor or wrong destiny decisions you have made, or perhaps others have made which have affected you, God is so great and so gracious that he's able to bring you back to the place of blessing and give you a new time and a new place to serve him and find joy and contentment. You can never mess up so badly that God cannot redeem your life. God's grace is much deeper than your sins and mine, and that's the really good news today. So wherever you are, If you've kind of given up and figured, I've messed up so badly that it can never be right again, don't believe it. That's a lie from Satan. God can take you where you are. And though you may live with some of the consequences of your decisions, he can make it good for you. He can give you a life full of joy and peace and a life that's productive for others as well as yourself. God is a great God. And He can do that for you,
0: as He has done for me in my own life. That is really good news, Mary. I love the story of Ruth because it's such a wonderful example of God's power to redeem our lives, no matter how far we've gone astray. I can imagine that for Ruth, to make that decision to go back with Naomi to Bethlehem must have been incredibly difficult. Yes, and she
1: had to leave her home, her family, her culture, and become a foreigner in a land that was very strange to her, no doubt, You know, Ruth is a wonderful study and a very brave and very assertive woman. We often think of the story of Ruth as a love story, but when you understand the culture of that day and what Ruth did to provide for Naomi, you get a much richer and deeper understanding of this really remarkable Mm -hmm. woman.
0: Right. Well, if you'd like a copy of this two-part message on destiny decisions, you'll find it on our website at christianworkingwoman.org. Why don't New Year's resolutions stick? How can we make meaningful change in our lives? Well, in our next Zoom get-together, we will collectively identify how to create meaningful purpose in our lives all year long. Join us and Dr. Deb Gorton to create a fresh start and meaningful change. Visit the events page on our website at christianworkingwoman.org to sign up or to watch recordings of past get-togethers. Are you looking for information on how to stay up to date with us on a regular basis? Well, you can connect with us on our social media. The Christian Working Woman provides biblical and inspirational messages directly to your social media feeds. You can find us on Instagram and Facebook and LinkedIn. We look forward to connecting with you there. Well, are you a Christian Working Woman looking to thrive in your career while staying true to your faith? The Christian Working Woman is here to help. Our resources are designed to provide practical guidance, inspiration, and support for women navigating the unique challenges of balancing work and faith. Our resources include podcasts, videos, Bible studies. We cover topics such as time management, leadership, and more, all through a biblical lens. Our mission is to empower Christian women to honor God and live out their faith in the workplace. With The Christian Working Woman, you'll find the support and encouragement you need to succeed in both your personal and professional life. Visit our website, christianworkingwoman.org and take the first step towards living out your purpose and passions in the workplace. Well, I'm Julie Busteed and for Mary Lohman, thanks again for joining us today on The Christian Working Woman.